And I'd like to introduce our special speaker, my brother, my friend, a mighty man of God, J.P. Grantham. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. It is such a blessing and honor to, to be up here today. Uh, it just shows that uh, we have a God that is a God of miracles. That's all I can say. Uh, I picked up uh, Brother Austin this morning, one of uh, the members of GenRev, our teenage ministry group that we have. And I was giving him a ride to church today, and I, I said, Brother Austin, I'm bringing a message today, so be sure you pray for me. And he said, well, what are you bringing it on? I said, well, I'm bringing it on a relationship. And he said, well, you know, uh, Wednesday night, Jen Rev, which meets up here, we're starting a series on relationships, kind of. And nearly every song that Brother Shake sang this morning kind of had something to do with a relationship. And I never had talked to Brother Shake about that. So it's kind of nice to know that we're going to talk about relationship tonight, and the Holy Spirit has confirmed that, it, that we might need to talk about it. And uh, if you look up relationship in the Webster's Dictionary, it says the quality or state of being related, connection, connection by blood or marriage, kinship, a particular instance of being related. I like that first part, the quality or state of a relationship. Every relationship has certain qualities. And uh, each and every one of us individuals are influenced by relationships from the time we're born. They make us who we are. It's inevitable. I was born in Odessa, Texas in 1957, May 23rd. And if you can figure that out, that was 55 years ago, uh, the 23rd of May. My dad died when I was four years old in an oil field accident. And... Uh, the parental relationship had already started. And uh, my mom remarried uh, when I was about seven years old. But my uh, dad and uh, my stepdad and mom wasn't serving the Lord at the time. And I was influenced from the time I was about five to eight or nine years old. I was influenced by uh, situations of, of alcoholism and, and drug addiction. And uh, they weren't all bad times. There were good times there, but the bad times definitely leave an impression on you. Make you who you are. Even today, at 55 years old, those things that happened to me when I was young affect me still today. Well, when I was uh, 1965, when I was eight years old, I remember my mother went to church at First Baptist Church on Austin Avenue in Brownwood, Texas, and she got saved. I don't mean she kind of got saved. She got saved. Yeah. There is a difference. Yeah. And uh, life in our household changed. All right. uh, TV went out the door. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a uh, they call it today, a legalistic denomination. But we needed it. We needed to go from that hell that we'd been living in. We needed structure. God knew what he was doing. And uh, the parental relationship changed. 
two years later, my dad got saved, and uh, life as we knew it got a lot better. And so the, per- the parental relationship that I'd had changed. And in the same effects that that had on me as a child affected the relationship that I am now as a parent. When my son was born, there were things that I thought that I needed to do to be a good parent that I thought maybe my parents didn't do, even though they did the best job they knew how and they, they did a great job. But it influenced on how I raised my son, and then when I married Michelle, it has an influence on my stepkids. It's a parental relationship. There's a relationship I have with my wife, Michelle, and uh, she's not here today sitting in a normal spot. Her and my daughter have mother-daughter day today, and uh, they're going out with friends and eating and going to a play. Thank goodness I get to be here instead. And, and, uh, but uh, I met my parents. Both died in uh, the first part of 1996. They both died within three months of each other. That was a tough year. It started out bad because they, they had been my rock. And at the time, I wasn't serving the Lord. Well, in August of 1996, I met Michelle. And... Uh, it, it kind of differs on how we met. I, I, I seem to think that she picked me out of the crowd, and she's not here today, so I can say this. And, 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 I, and she seems to think that I picked her out of the crowd, which is probably more correct, being as everybody knows I'm married up. So anyway, I'd always thought that I was really a good old boy. And, you know, good old country boy raised up in the country, and, and I don't know how I could have been much better to a lady. Well, I started dating Michelle, and I found out how sorry I really was. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, I, I couldn't do nothing right. And uh, I'll, I'll just give you one instance. Uh, we were supposed to have a date night on a Thursday night. Uh, we were going to go out and eat supper and, and, and go to the picture show. Well, I was at work, and in 90, 90, this was 97, I, had, I didn't have a cell phone yet. Most people didn't. And this friend of mine came up and said, hey, you and Willow want to go to a ball game, Ranger game, I got... Three tickets, ten rows behind third base. I said, oh, man, yes, I want to go. Well, I called her up, and she is at work, so I called her home phone and just left her a message. Told her, said, Michelle, uh, we're going to have put off her date night. said, I got three tickets to the Ranger game, so me and Wendell and Mike, we're all going to the Ranger game, and we'll just do this another night. I didn't think there would be any problem. <laughs> I gave her notice. I I thought I did what the good old boy was supposed to do. Boy, I tell you what, the next day I called her, and I don't think it could have been any colder. She said, in no uncertain terms, there's a new sheriff in town, and you will not treat me like this. I will be number one, and you will be number two. She didn't say it in them exact words, but she meant what she said. And... uh and December 1st, 2001, the Lord blessed me to, to marry her. And at that time, I told her that I loved her with my entire heart, and I did. The best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, this past December 1st, we celebrated 10 years. And that's, that's good. Thank you. Uh, and I told her at that time that I loved her with my whole heart and soul. But, but then I also figured out that I love her more now, 10 years later, with all my heart, 
than I did ten years ago when I told her I loved her with all my heart. And the reason why is because the relationship that I have found with her is growing daily. My capacity to love her has grown more. Is that not good? I wish I could take credit for it, but when I was going to Bible school, we had a minister that, that talked about that, and that is exactly what has happened. God has increased my capacity to love my wife more by getting to know each other and learning about each other. We first got married when we'd have a lively discussion. It, would, uh, it might be a couple days at the house where it might be 26 degrees outside, but it was warmer out there than it was in the house. I'm, and I'm probably the only one that's ever had those kind of lovely discussions, but, but uh, we still have a lively discussion every once in a while. But it might last an hour now. We're over it. It's, it's done. And uh, that's that capacity to love her more taking effect. I'm going to talk about one more relationship in this, this life that I have, and that's with my business partner, Wendell Harkins. Uh, I met Wendell... 26 years ago, when I was in the grocery business, they brought this uh, kid in. Wendell's about yay tall, and he, was, he looked just like a little bandy rooster. Red-headed and loved to fight, and me and him became really good friends. And uh, all, all I ever had was a sister growing up, and Wendell became kind of like my little brother. And uh, we spent time in the grocery business together, and we both got fired within six months of each other. He got fired first, and uh, he was working for a painter. And I, I needed to pay some bills, and I, I, I didn't want to get back in the grocery business right yet. So uh, he said, well, won't you come work with us and just make some spending money and whatever and so forth. I said, well, all right, I'll do that. Well, we started painting, and I found out it was something I enjoyed doing. I actually had weekends off. I had holidays off. I could actually have a life. And... Uh, we learned how to paint, working for a painter friend of ours named Mike Green. Thank the Lord for him. The Lord bless him. And uh, me and Wendell had learned how to run business by being in grocery business. And uh, Wendell had an idea, came up with an idea that, we, that should never, ever happen. He said, why don't me and you start a paint business together, become partners? And the first rule of thumb of any business course that you take, they'll tell you never, ever go in business with a friend. Just don't do it. Well, God has blessed, and Barry Phelps is here. He knows this for a fact, that it has been a partnership that has flourished. Uh, it is so, it is such a blessing that God allows that to happen. And what causes that to happen is 100% trust. People say, well, you can't do that. No, you don't, you don't need to say that because we trust. Well, you can't let somebody, when you're not there, you can't. Yes, we can because he thinks the way I think. I think the way he thinks. God made it work. But all these relationships here, and I've talked about the parental, my wife, the relationship with my wife, my relationship with my partner, are all based on spending time together. We're going to talk about our relationship with God today. If, if you have a relationship with God. Uh, 
the, the main difference between the relationship that I have with my wife, my parents, and Wendell, are, they're right here. I can physically see them. The relationship we have with God is based on the gospel. It's a gospel-based relationship. I've never seen God. I've never had an audible voice out of the sky tell me, JP, you need to do this. He didn't call me three weeks ago when Pastor Allen asked me to bring this message. I didn't hear an audible voice from God saying, speak on relationship. Just didn't hear it. But there was, there was a, in here, saying relationship. When I say this is a Bible-based relationship, it's based on the cross. It's based on Jesus going to Calvary, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. They buried him. He rose again. And he's now at the Father's right hand making intercession for us. That is what our relationship with Jesus Christ is based on. John 14:6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but through me. Acts 2.21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 3.16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if I ever have opportunities to lead someone to the Lord, I stress this following verse, Romans 10.9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your God, heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what our relationship with God is based on. There's no ifs and buts about it. If you hadn't followed those steps right there, you can't have a relationship with God. It can't happen. You can, you can read about him. You can talk about him. But if you haven't been saved and you hadn't asked God to forgive you of your sins, you can't have a relationship with God. Well, to have a relationship, you have to have contact. And when we became saved, that was our contact. And uh, there's different kinds of contact that we have with God. And one of those contacts that, that helps build our relationship with God is through prayer. You can't, you can't have a relationship with God and not pray. You just can't do it. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray continually. That's the whole verse. There's, not, there's nothing before it. There's, that, that's just the whole verse, those two words, pray continually. You think that's important? Yeah, I think so. And you read Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place. To pray. Solitary place to pray. Just him and God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anything that you need, if you're having problems in your life, if anxiety, it's bills, it's money, it's your having problems with your kids, time on your knees will help you with that problem. Be anxious about nothing. Prayer time. We need to spend time worshiping God. Develop that contact with worshiping God. 
not just here. Wonderful time we had worshiping here today. Brother Shake, we do appreciate that. And uh, Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I, uh, I spend a lot of time in my truck by myself driving to check on jobs, bid jobs, going to umpire games, and, you know, with Lord allows me to be a, an official in baseball and football. And I spend a lot of time talking to God and, and worshiping God and praying. And the same way that I'm talking to you is the way I talk to God. And, and me and God have some good talks. So I, get, I get a little upset at times because there's things happen that I don't understand. And, I, and, and when me and him's in that truck, and I'll just say, man, I don't understand, God, what's going on here? Why did this happen? There's a, there's a, you know, family relationship that, that me and Michelle are going through with some family members that, that's out of our control. And, uh, we're praying that it gets, uh, solved. But there's still times I'm talking to God. I say, alright God, it's been a couple of years now. What's the deal? And, and he's kind of going, you know what, JP, it's going to be in my time. And, uh, that, that's the key right there. We can't, not worship God because of our problems. We've got to keep rejoicing. We've got to keep lifting Him up. And uh, the main, by far the main way we need to make contact with God is through reading the Word of God. Uh, Paul uh, was talking to uh, the church of Corinth, and said, uh, I came here a few years ago and I had to feed you milk because you wasn't ready for solid food. And he came back two or three years later and said, I'm still having to feed you milk because you haven't grown. You're still on baby's milk. And, and, and I started trying to, uh, to understand that. And... Uh, It'd be like if I'd have met Michelle and uh, started dating her for a couple of years and just called her on Saturday night and said, let's go out on a date, spend a couple hours together, and then the whole rest of the week not have any more phone conversations, not spend any more time with her. But call her up on again Saturday night, 7 o'clock, say, you want to go do this? We'd go out on a date and then no more contact. For the whole week. Not, I'm not trying to, to degrade you. I'm not, I'm not trying to. But after two years, what kind of relationship would we have? We'd have a relationship that was probably based on just having fun. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know each other. Our pastor one, one Sunday, now he said this, I didn't, said, uh, if your relationship with God is that you open your Bible on Sunday morning when you're here at church, and then the rest of the week you listen to Christian radio, and that's your Christian walk, that's your relationship with God, well, then you don't have much of a relationship. I didn't say that. Pastor Allen did. So <laughs> uh, it, it, the Bible says, uh, let me get this situated here, uh, John 14.10, or Romans 10.17, 2 Timothy 2.15, if you read those, uh, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I like reading that again. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you read in Ephesians, the last chapter, verse and chapter 6, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, that the battle that we fight with Satan is not physical, it's a spiritual battle. Every bit of the armor that is put on is for the defense, is to protect the body. The only way that it says that you can fight Satan is with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's it. If you don't know the Word of God and you don't spend time with God, Word, you're not going to have a relationship with God. It's just that simple. I encourage you to listen to other ministers on the radio to come to church. I encourage you to read books on, on uh, authors that are Christian authors that, that teach you about faith and prayer and, and things like that. But the truth of the matter is those relationships that they developed, God gave them that revelation. And when you spend time with God and you read this Word, He gives you revelations. That's what He wants to do. He wants to give you revelations. We had that songwriting summit two weeks ago, and they had five of the best songwriters in the Christian industry sitting right here. And if you missed it, you really missed the blessing. And, and somehow the question came up, said, what is the number one thing that inspires you to write a Christian song? What, what gives you the inspiration to write a song? And all five, without doubt, said it was by reading the Bible and the Word of God. I was amazed. Scott Underwood said, 26 years ago, I believe is what he said, I started reading the NIV, you read your Bible through in a year, and I've been doing it for 26 years. And uh, there's, it come to find out there's a bunch of us doing that because we're all talking about the, the same Bible verses and chapters that we're studying. But you've got to get into the book. You've got to figure out what God has for you and what he wants for you in your life. And uh, what it is, is if, if you don't have a relationship with God and you're reading this, it's just a book. Nothing, nothing happens. It's just a book. But when you have that relationship started and you become a Christian... This becomes a living word. You can read a, the ch same chapter every day, and every day God can bring something different to you. It's a living word. You live by this word. And, to, and by, by reading the word, we, we, we build up trust. We build up faith. When you think about uh, uh, Moses, Moses couldn't talk good. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't good at speech. God picked him out and said, you're going to lead my children out of the land of Egypt. And, and, and Moses said, said, you made a mistake here, God. You sure you're choosing me? And he said, yes, I'm picking you. That took faith. When you take David, when he slayed Goliath, he was a runt little kid. But God told him he could defeat God, the Goliath. Do you think he had a relationship with God? Do you think he trusted God? Oh, man, David. Oh, mighty man of God. But... There was uh, one specific instance in the Bible, I love this, is 
Everybody knows about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not bow down to the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had established. Told them, said, you boys are going to die if you don't do it. And they said, yeah, we're not going to do it. And he, he asked them again, said, guys, are you sure you're going to have to die? Nebuchadnezzar said, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king. And I want you to listen to this. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand. That's what they said. But then listen to what they said. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you have set up. They said that God had the power to save them. But you know what? If he doesn't, that's okay. Man, is that somebody that had a relationship with God? Is that somebody that just picked up their Bible about once every six months and it took the dust off of it? That's a relationship right there. You have got to get into the Word of God. And the last thing I'm going to talk about in developing that relationship is service. Uh, service usually... In, in, in my instance, usually requires either physical labor or some humility. And, and there are so many opportunities to serve. And there is so less time today than there used to be to be able to serve. They're, they're, when you're young parents, your kids now, there are so many activities for them to be in. You got to get them in the right schools. You got to get them in education. You got to get them to soccer practice. You got to get them basketball, baseball, football, da 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 da. You got to get them on the computer, be studying this, be studying that, and and it, and it is so time consuming. Life is just so time consuming now. Well, and that is so important for you to be the parent to help your kids be all they can be. But we have got to find that time to spend quality time with God. You have got to figure out some way, somehow, to spend time in the Bible and in prayer. And me, and I'm not, this is just how I do it, I get up every morning at 15 to 4. And uh, I don't leave the house till about 5 to 5, but from 4 to 10 to 5, that, that's me and God time. I do my Bible reading. I try to enjoy my time with them. And uh, believe it or not, there's not a lot of traffic outside. There's not a... A lot of noise going on, and uh, he, he, he said that's okay for me to do that. That's when we need to spend our time together. And you as individuals, you need to figure out that time to spend time with God. These Gen Rev youth that are sitting over here, they're my heroes over here, this group of teenagers over here. They've made their mind up at a young age that they're going to follow God. And uh, th this, is, this is specifically a lot for you. You need to start developing that relationship where you start getting into the Word and you start praying. God wants to get with you on that. Uh, we need a relationship 
and I, I don't even like this word, but my wife loves, it, loves the word. It's called nurturing. She's informed me that I'm not a very nurturing individual. <laughs> she kind of associates nurturing with uh, affectionate and cuddling. And I, I'm just going to be honest, I am not the best cuddling person in the world. I'm, I'm just not. And uh, affectionate, I'm, I, I have to work at. I am a work in progress. I, I'm not big on holding hands. I'm not, you know, this, this couch is plenty big where we can have some arm room. And, and, but we need to spend some time with God where we're nurturing. And uh, I was on Facebook this morning, and I was thinking about nurturing, and Miss Sean Ferris had a uh, picture on there with a little little quote. I don't know how they do that. I know how to get on Facebook, but that's it. And uh, I think it was a picture of her of a swing on the front porch, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, she said, uh, "I got the Word of God, prayer time, and a cup of hot tea." And I, I said, "That's nurturing, right there." Spending that quiet, quality time with God where it's just you and Him. You nurture that relationship. And the, the whole purpose of having a relationship with Christ, the more we read the Bible, the more we pray, the more time we do service work, the more time we worship God. What does that do? It increases our capacity to love Jesus more. And what that does, there's less of us and more of Him. If you read in Philippians 3, 7 through 9, this is Paul talking right here. He's one of my heroes. But whatsoever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all. I'm going to read that again. For whose sake I have lost all, I consider them rubbish. The things of this world, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. The more we spend time with God, the more time we spend worshiping, the more time we spend time in the Word, the more we become Christ-like. And what is the definition of a Christian? To be Christ-like. That's it. Uh, this, this was not a, 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 a message to, to make you feel guilty. It's a message of encouragement. For you to be everything that you need to be for God, you need to do some of these things to build that relationship. And for us as a church body to grow and be everything that this church wants to be, we need each and every one of us to be all that we can be for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's meant to be an encouraging word. I just want to get you get to know him better and, and let God increase his capacity to love you more. It is truly a blessing to have you here. We uh, hope you, if you're new, we hope you felt welcome and encourage you to come back. I have us all stand. Reach out your hands. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you.
May his countenance be upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name.